The heart and soul of New York City, folks, after defeating three-term incumbent Governor Mario Cuomo by a nice margin as part of what they called the Republican Revolution of 1994, my friend George Pataki would himself be elected to three consecutive terms. By the way, he was only the third Republican elected governor of New York at the time since 1923. Thomas Dewey and Nelson Rockefeller were the others. And that is part of the issue when people say to me, Sid... Can Lee Zeldin win? Republicans don't win. Pataki was only the third in 70 years. And I said, but he won. So it does happen. With that said, here he is, a dear friend of the show, the last great Republican governor we've had, George Pataki. George, welcome back. Bernie's out today. You're with Sid. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sid? I'm uh, always happy to be on with you. Well, thank you. I'm doing well, too. I actually asked for you. I said, Jennifer Grodd, I want Pataki. That's it. I want Pataki because, A, you're great when you're on the show, but, B, this is such an important time and such an important election for my friend Lee Zeldin. And you heard what I just said. All my friends who want him to win, they feel like, yeah, but he can't win. The numbers are against us in this state. And I always say, well, Pataki won, right? <laughs> yes, I did. And you know what you need is you need a, a sense among not just Republicans and conservatives, but Democrats and independents that the state's going in the wrong direction. And all you have to do is listen to the news every day, and you know that this state is headed in the wrong direction. And that's not a partisan thing. That's a perception among people across the board. And when you have that sense, uh, you have the opportunity to convince the people that change is necessary and that you can lead the state in a new direction. And, uh, you know, an overwhelming majority of New Yorkers think we need to head in a new direction. I don't know how they can't. Uh, you can't go on the subway. You can't walk down the street. These are not exaggerations. This isn't being overly dramatic. I myself move out of Manhattan. I couldn't take it anymore. How could anybody who cares who you vote for? You, you have to be blind not to see how bad it's right. gotten. And, you know, uh, you don't just win in New York City. You win around the state. And uh, this weekend, five people were shot in Albany. Albany is a small wow. city, and crime is out of control across the street. It's not just in the city. And, you know, I still work in Midtown. Uh, I don't go in as much as I used to because there's nobody there. Uh, but I was in last week. I'm walking like four blocks right by Rockefeller, and I start getting harassed by people in the middle of the day. No, and come on. Oh, of course, you know, and, and that's just the way it is in New York City today. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw today's headline where we don't have enough police to send regular police out. Yeah. They're taking people out of the headquarters to put them out on the street. Uh, it's just a horrible situation. And uh, uh, what a, the, the, the sad thing is that it's so bad that it does give Republicans a chance to win the governorship and to convince Democrats to say, hey, we have a better idea. Well, talking about convincing Democrats, I think Eric Adams is a terrible mayor. I think he's right there with de Blasio. Every bit is bad. And, in fact, he's worse because he was a cop, a horrible cop, mind you, but he was a cop, and he's out there all the time talking about, hey, all these retirees are good for the force. It allows us to become more diverse. You mentioned today's front page of the paper. It's not good. It's a disaster. Why would Eric Adams, even in an attempt to make it seem better than it is, why would he say something like that? You know, why he says something like that, I, I just don't understand, because it, it's, it's horrible that we're losing all the veteran cops, and, and they're not being replaced by people who have the, the, the same fire in the drive, and uh, it's a direct result of the far-left Democrats, you know, demonizing the police. Uh, and then you have prosecutors who, instead of prosecuting the violent felon, 
end up going after the cops. So you have to look at yourself. If you're a police officer, and said, why am I doing this? I'm risking my life to arrest somebody, and they're going to be out on the street laughing at me three hours <laughs> later. Uh, but let me just go back to the politics. You know, if Zeldin were out there with an aggressive crime plan, first of all, we're going to get rid of the no-bail law. That's going to be my top priority. Two, we're going to stand behind the police and make sure that we have on the books that it is a felony to assault in any way a police officer who's on duty. Uh, three, we're going to change the parole policies and not allow cop killers out on parole. We're going to limit parole for violent felons. And then you go after the prosecutors. You know, Bragg in Manhattan. You say that if Bragg doesn't uphold the law, he is violating his oath of office, I'm going to remove him from cases where he is simply ignoring the oath of office. So uh, you get out there with a crime agenda. This isn't a Republican agenda. It isn't a conservative agenda. It's a New York agenda, yeah. and it's an agenda that's necessary. So, But I just haven't heard that. Uh, and that's what's disappointing to me is uh, it, uh, I don't mean to be critical, but Zeldin appears all over the lot, you know, focus on crime, focus on the mentally ill, focus on the fact that subways don't work, and he can win, but that's what we need. Okay, I mean, I've been to a couple of his events, fundraisers, he has done that. I specifically, George, really like his running mate, Alison Esposito. She is so tough and so good. But to your point, being you had great success and won his job three times, has he reached out to you and asked you for yes, advice? Yes, yes, he has. And, and we'll be talking during the course of the campaign. And I, I agree with you. Esposito is a, is a great uh, choice for Lieutenant Governor. I just wish she could get more attention. But oh. right now, the press isn't even 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 isn't even paying attention to Lee. So it just uh, yeah. it's very hard to break through. But you know, Labor Day is coming up. People are going to pay more attention, and hopefully, the press will start realizing this is a very very important race. You know, you said you would uh, get rid of bail reform, all these things right away. And you know, the one thing I've said about Eric Adams is, you know, he he, he talks that. But uh, he doesn't name and shame. We know the people that are destroying this city. Heasty, Stewart Cousins, and these are the people that Hochul and or Zeldin have to deal with. So if I put George Pataki back in office tomorrow, and you ought to go see Heasty and Stewart Cousins in an effort to actually change this, how does that work? Uh, oh, yeah, you, you can do it. You know, the governor of New York State has enormous powers. Uh, and, and, you know, I think both Heasty and Stuart Cousins are, are afraid of the, the far-left Democrats in their caucuses. Uh, and you just have to stand up to them and say, look, this is what's happening in New York, and this is how we're going to change it. And I would call a special session day one. Uh, to and propose legislation to get rid of the no-bail law. They probably wouldn't do it, they want. Then I'd have a special session the next week to do the same thing. And I would just keep dragging them back up there and making them vote over and over again uh, on this issue. And then come next year uh, in the budget, you, I, the governor has the ability to put language in the budget to change the law. And if they're going to have a budget, they're going to have to change the law. You know, that's how Cuomo got the no-bail law through in the first time. It wasn't a standalone piece of legislation. It was Cuomo's language in one of his budget bills that the legislature either had to pass or not have a budget. And so the governor has power. Uh, yes, it will be a difficult thing to do. But you have to try, and I honestly believe, given the, the, where the people are on this, as opposed to the politicians, you could get it done. 
You know, Andrew Giuliani, uh, this is the great George Pataki, my friend, who I love dearly. What a great governor, even a better guy. Uh, Andrew Giuliani has also become a very good friend. He intimated on this show with me that if he was to win, and he didn't, he lost his elder, but if he did win, and, and he went to Stuart Cousins and Heasty, and they denied him, he said, that's okay, because every piece of legislation you guys put on my desk, I'm going to say no. I'm not even going to look at it. I mean, is it as simple as that? Well, it's not as simple as that, because uh, right now the Democrats have two-thirds majority, and they have the ability to override a veto. You have to convince people. You know, I think I was effective as a governor, not because, you know, I had these enormous powers, but because I was able to convince legislators, including Democratic legislators, that what we were doing is right. And, and you know, you mentioned Heasty and the Stuart Cousins. I had Sheldon Silver. And if I said <laughs> up, he said down. If right. I said day, he said night. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't – and he had a hundred and three members and the republicans have 47 but you know if you're persistent enough when you're right when the people know you're right and when you can appeal beyond the leaders to the individual members you can get things done you know i know you ran for president george back in 2016 and there were a lot of rumors that uh you know before we got to zeldin harry wilson astorino and andrew that george pataki was considering running for governor again how serious did that get with you? <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't really a serious thing. You know, uh, uh, I, I do think the state is headed in the wrong direction. I do think uh, the people know we need to have a strong leader in Albany who can stand up to the leftists in the Democratic Party who are destroying the city. And uh, But, you know, it doesn't work that way anymore. You can't just wait around and expect to be drafted. You have to go out and fight the fight. Uh, and I've done that. Uh, for a long time. So, uh, you know, I, I just took a look, said yeah. there's a, we have a good field out there. One of them is going to win, and let's just go win the race. That's but, all. But you're not done then yet. I mean, you know, it could be something else down the road, and you have not, you have <laughs> yeah. not officially thrown up the retirement papers yet. <laughs> hey, I, I still love Peekskill. Maybe I could run for mayor of Peekskill again. It's, <laughs> great, it's a great hometown. Hey, no, and that was a big win for you early on in your career. That was yeah, a very, very it was big a Democratic city, <laughs> and I, right. I, I knocked off an incumbent. That's yeah. right. That was a big deal. You know, I, I made a, a reference earlier, and you know, would know better than me because I'm still a pretty young guy, but. You know, I remember the 70s somewhat, Bernie gets all that. And I remember the 90s when you and Woody picked the city. Um, but the one thing I will say is, even though the crime numbers may have been higher, it didn't feel the same. And correct me if I'm wrong, George, but it still felt like even during those decades that people feared they were intimidated by the police. And now they laugh at the police. They mock the police. Is that a fair I statement? You know, yeah, absolutely. Crime, violent crime was worse, but you didn't have the atmosphere you do today. You didn't have the disrespect for the police. You didn't have the police afraid to do their job. You didn't have prosecutors who wouldn't uphold the law. You know, it was just a very different circumstance where I knew that we make these changes to the law and we're going to reduce crime dramatically. We, we get rid of parole for violent felons. We get rid of work release for violent felons. We pass tougher sentencing for uh, people convicted of a felony. Uh, we're going to clean up the streets. Right now you have to do that. But you also have to deal with the district attorneys uh, who just aren't upholding the law. The governor has the authority to do that. Uh, and you have to deal with the public, uh, too much of the public's disrespect for the police officers. Yep. And, and a lot of that comes down to leadership. Where is the governor standing up on the street corner saying our police are 
our first line of defense. Without them, we have nothing. We have no freedom. When is a assault on a police officer? Where is the prosecutor saying that this is a felony and you're going to not get out uh, so long as I have the ability to enforce the law? So the climate is worse. Plus, I think, Sid, yeah, the mentally ill homeless issue. You know, it's just horrific in New York that, uh, you know, uh, it seems we always had an issue with uh, the mentally ill, but we passed legislation to involuntarily put people away if they posed a threat. It doesn't seem like that's being enforced. And, and the subways just, you know, and now, you know, people don't go to work. I, I go into my office. I'm one of these crazy old people who actually shows up at work, uh, you know, not every day, but a lot more than most. There's nobody there. Nope. You know, people just don't go to work. And, you know, that doesn't hold well for the city. And so, so we need strong leaders. We don't have them. Uh, otherwise, I think we're just going to continue to see the drift downward of New York. Oh, to wrap up this great conversation, and you always hit a grand slam when you come on, George, so thank you. Uh, is it hard to believe for you that we're 13 days away from 21 years since 9-11? Yeah, it's hard to believe. And, you know, just uh, whenever we get near that event, it's just such a horrible day for, for all of us who were there and all of us who knew some of the thousands who were murdered on that day. And, Sid, i got to say, with what's happening at our border— I fear this is going to happen again. You know, over two you know, it's funny. People- My Mike Pompeo just said the same thing with John Katsimatidis on his great show yesterday that right now, a year after the 13 soldiers were killed in Afghanistan, we are under a serious threat to be attacked here again. Absolutely. You know that ISIS is back uh, uh, out in the open in Afghanistan. The head was killed living openly in an apartment in Kabul. And we know over 2 million illegals have crossed the southern border. They're not all people coming for work. We know there are terrorists. We know there are people on the watch list. We know there are people who have been smuggled across with one goal to attack America. So I think this president is failing massively on the national security issue. And I fear the consequences of that open border that we could have another attack. On the way out, let's wrap this up in a nice little bow. If my friend is listening, and I know he is, Lee Zeldin, our Hopit governor, as a guy that did it three times and was great at it, your advice for Lee Zeldin on the way out. Focus on crime, have a clear message, be out on the streets every single day. You know, it's hard to get the press. Uh, I would hold a press conference, there'd be three cameras, I'd watch the news, there would be nothing. You just have to keep doing it over and over and over and over, and eventually you can break through and win. You are great. Seriously, George, I love you. Thank you for coming on. This was a great conversation. Stay well. God bless you. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Always great being on with you. You too. There he is, former Governor George Pataki. Now, that was uh, that was an A-plus home run right there. A-plus home run right there. And hopefully Lee Zeldin uh, was listening. And I think Lee is doing all those things that he wants Lee to do. I know that I've been with Lee a couple of times the last couple of weeks, and he has been talking crime. And Allison Esposito as well. So I think Lee is doing that. Hopefully it's getting to enough New Yorkers. Hopefully New Yorkers that are on the fence or New Yorkers that are even Democrats that have had enough. Maybe it does uh, you know, resonate with them. We hope so. Either way, that's a great conversation. Thank you, George Pataki.